the volume. This session is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona 18887897777 or visit ccpg.org/chat for Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com/rg for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Virginia 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 and 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hello, hello, good day to you all. Maybe you're listening to this at night. Good night, good evening. Welcome to the sessions. What's going on, everybody? Um, I love when I get to hang out with a cool-ass chick, and this chick is exactly that. Live moods. If you are not currently familiar with Liv Moods, you're going to want to go ahead and make yourself familiar with her now because she's going to be on all of our television screens, giving us all the information in just a matter of time. She's so freaking talented, so cool, so charming. So Liv is part of the Volume podcast network. So she does a show with Alex Monaco. She does all of the FanDuel stuff. She has like got her finger on the pulse in the world of gambling and betting. Her and I started doing a show together. We're the par ladies, everybody. She's teaching me all about all the things in the world of sports betting because I don't know anything about it. Um, And I want to know. So she's uh, taking me under her learning tree so that I can figure some stuff out there. But Liv is just, she's a hustler. She just wants to work and wants to do all the things and striving for greatness and being creative. And her mind is always working and coming up with new stuff. And it's something that I definitely admire. You know, I feel like I'm just like scrolling through social media and she's just like always on there cranking out some great content, like busy, busy, busy and like entertaining and funny while she does it too. like, yeah, if if you're not already familiar, you're going to love her. She's awesome. So check her out. But uh, in the meantime, let's get into the episode. This is Live Moods. here on the sessions. I find it really hard to not just say your full name all the time. You've got such a name for like entertaining. You know what's so funny is that was actually just a username that I created in middle school when Instagram was first a thing. Uh, I was like, live moods. That kind of has a ring to it. Great. Wait, is moods not your last name? No. <laughs> Wait, what's it's your last not. name? I didn't my, know my last name is actually Moody. Olivia Moody is okay. my full name. So okay. I just shortened it up. I was like, Liv Moods is, you know, of course people would make jokes about my last name. Actually, at the, air, at the airport yesterday, some guy 
was checking my license and he's like, are you moody today? And I was like, good one. Like, we're, we're not going to do this. I am moody because I'm at the airport. I don't want to talk about it. Um, but yeah, no, moody is actually my last name. So moods was just kind of a fun little, you know, Instagram. it's cute. I like it. Yeah, Live it moods. works. It definitely does. It's really funny. I mean, my married last name is good. So yeah, I get I get hit with that all the time. Are you good? You feeling good? And I think it's the novelty is like we've been married for like five years, something like that, six years. I don't know, something like that. But the novelty of like saying, because I go by Paquette a lot of the times professionally. So people often call me that. People don't usually say good to me. So yeah, it does always kind of throw me off and it always makes me laugh. But I'm sure John's just like over it his whole life. But it's good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fun. Definitely keeps it interesting. But no, I think now when people see me, they don't call me Olivia. They don't call me Olivia Moody. It's just, it's live moods. That's what, that's my stage name. But it's kind of now turned into like my real life name. It all blends into one. It does. It really does. (laughs) So what's going on with you? What's happening? We're like, we're in the football season. I mean, you are the queen of betting, as we know, as we know, we are the par ladies. So of course, it only made sense for you and I to pop on here and do an episode (laughs) of the sessions together. So if you guys have seen it or not, um, Liv and I have been doing um, a series for... I don't know, past couple weeks where Liv is teaching me how to bet because I don't know anything about that world. It's fascinating. There's money to be made there. And not only in like terms of like the betting world, of course, like, yeah, putting money down on a bet to turn that around and and, uh, have a gain on that. Great. But also just in the world of like, where like betting is headed. I mean, you look at like the Pat McAfee's of the world, you see um, Kay Adams. She's got her show uh, with FanDuel as well. Like you're in the right line of work. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was so interesting because I graduated from college in 2020, the thick of the pandemic when sports was obviously what I wanted to do, but sports weren't a thing. It was Rudy Gobert. He coughed on the mic and all of a sudden sports were shut down. And so I didn't know where I wanted, like how to get myself into the industry and how to work in sports. Originally, sports betting was not on my radar. And then I was presented with an opportunity that was essentially a startup company. So I wasn't making great money, lots of inconsistencies, as you know, when you join a startup company. Um, But I was like, what do I have to lose? I'm moving back in with my parents. The world is shut down. I mean, this is maybe my only opportunity to kind of get my feet wet in the sports space. And so I was like, hey, if you want me to work with you, great. I don't know sports betting at all. So I'm going to have a lot of work to do, but I'm happy to do it. And so I did. I jumped right into it. And this was a time where, you know, people were betting on like Russian table tennis. We were, like, people like, were struggling to find. Right. But it was <laughs> yeah. like, just when you think there's nothing going on in sports, it's like sports betting is still a thing. And we're betting on horse races and we're betting on, you know, Russian table tennis. I mean, just crazy things that people are putting their money on. And so I was like, all right, this may actually be a thing and we may actually be able to make this work. And so I jumped into it head first and and learned everything I needed to know. And it was a lot of work, but eventually, you know, FanDuel's reaching out going, hey, we're looking at your videos. We like what we see. And then the volume calling coward. And then I've got, you know, guys calling me, hey, we want to represent you and be your agent. And I'm like, what? I live in my parents' basement. I'm filming off of my iPhone. I just learned this, but... I think the space was growing so quickly that they were like looking at these different people and creators that were, you know, actively trying to get seen in the pandemic. And it ended up being a blessing in disguise. All in all, the pandemic, as scary and traumatizing as it was, I think 
for my job, it ended up being a really great thing because I don't know if I ever would have taken a chance on betting had it not been for the pandemic. Well, you're also like such a hustler and that's what I really like and admire about you. And I see so much of of like how I was at your age, that same world where you're like, how can I work? How can I do anything? Let's take whatever this opportunity is and let's make that into something like, honestly, that's really how I ended up in the world of pro wrestling where, you know, I was working for a sports network in Canada and they're like, can you host this show? Yep. No problem. And lo and behold, you know, I I go to work for WWE for a long time now. I'm working for All Elite Wrestling. Like, I am so in the wrestling world, but that wasn't necessarily where I thought that I was going to end up. But that was the opportunity that was there. And sometimes you just say yes to something and it turns out wonderfully. I really have a hard time saying no to anything. Um, Like, I am just kind of in the phase of my life where I'm young and I don't have children. I don't have a partner. I have nothing really like holding me back. Not that children and husbands hold you back, but (laughs) that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Let me tell you. We'll save that for another day. But <laughs> the I old ball any, and chain. Right. I don't really have any like commitments to anyone except for myself. Obviously, I'm a big family girl and I adore my family and would do anything for them. But right now it's just me, myself, and I. And I'm kind of in a selfish stage yes, of my life. As where you I'm, should be. Yeah, I'm doing what I want to do. And I, it's so funny because I was always the relationship type of person where I was like, I want to get married young. I want to have children young. And then I jumped into an industry and found a job that I really loved. And I was like, well, I don't really have any desire now to be in a relationship or to find somebody. So yeah, I don't really say no to anything. I'll pretty much try everything once in this industry, especially because again, had I not said yes to that random opportunity, I would not be where I'm at now. So yeah, the industry is growing. It's insane. I was even watching, um, Unfortunately, I was watching the Broncos game last night. I won't talk about that for too long or I'll probably start (laughs) crying. Um, But I was watching the game and even like in between, like on a TV timeout, they were posting DraftKings and FanDuel odds on the screen. And I'm like, it is a part of the game now. Oh, my God. Is it ever everywhere? So it is something where that's why I'm so glad we're doing the show that we're doing, because it is something that I think everyone eventually is going to have to know the jargon and understand what people are saying because we're talking about it all the time. So it's been fun and there's no ceiling to me with sports betting. I think it's going to be around for a very long time. No, I think it's such a great like sweet spot to be in because I mean, yeah, I mean, I've been working for a while now. I've been around this industry for quite some time and I feel like as sports betting really started to like bubble up to the surface a little more and some opportunities would come up of like, hey, do this, this and this. And honestly, like it was such a foreign language to me. So I certainly missed out on opportunities just thinking like I've got too much going on to like fully inundate myself with this language to figure out what everything is. So the fact that you have like fully submerged yourself in that world, learned it all, become like an authority on the subject, teaching my dumb ass about it is amazing. <laughs> You're going to turn into a professional better before you know it. I'm telling you right now, it is such, a, again, there, like I said, it's becoming it's really becoming a part of the sport. It's like you you go into a matchup knowing who's expected to win and by how much. And it kind of, I don't know, some people may argue it's not 
it's not a great thing because it kind of does change how you watch sports, right? I mean, like, I'll watch the Broncos win a game, but they didn't cover that damn spread, so I'm not happy. And my mom's like, Jesus, Olivia, the Broncos won. Like, get over it. Well, no, because they didn't make me money, so I'm not really happy. I'm not thrilled. <laughs> I'm not happy. It is. It really does change how you watch sports. And I enjoy the layers, though. It's different, different ways too. to become invested, and I like that. I agree. I agree. Yeah, no, I love it, and I think that there's a lot of – room for a lot of other people to join the space and to create content. I have so many people, even in college, that'll reach out to me. Hey, I love what you do. Um, Do you have any advice? I'm like, be willing to lose in front of a lot of people and take a lot of shit. And you know, you've got to have thick skin and you've got to be able to just shrug it off. I mean, I went one and three yesterday. I feel like I have a hangover today just because I'm like an emotional hangover. Yes. It's so, it's so hard, especially because everybody that bets is losing. You don't ever win 100% of your bets. I just have to lose in public in front of the masses. And that's where it's like, oh, God, this is this is kind of difficult. But <laughs> either way, uh, I love it. And it's, it's, it's an ever-growing industry. I don't think it's slowing down anytime soon. So I just tell everybody, start learning about it. Jump on board because it's not slowing down. So you might as well just join the fun. It's also funny the way that, like you said, it is such a part of the game. It's a part totally. of the sport. I mean, whether you're watching football, basketball, it's a huge thing in MMA as well. Like uh, there's so many different sports that you can, you know, Russian table tennis, whatever it is that's like your thing. It all exists and it's there. But I also think that like us as humans are at this, like we're so ADD that it's like, you know, you don't just watch the game anymore. It's like, no, I need to know about this and this and this and this and all these other things that I need to check while I'm watching it. Like, that's just how our brains operate now for better or for worse. Um, so I think it's actually a great place for people to like spend some energy and pay attention to things energy. in a different way. And a money and energy. time and emotions, all of it. It'll, it'll suck you dry some days, but man, <laughs> it is a fun time for sure. Okay, so before this opportunity came up and before you stepped into the sports betting world, what did you see for yourself? I mean, you did get picked up for all this stuff so quickly out of college. So, yeah, I mean, it all happened. It seems, you know, kind of overnight. But prior to that, what did you think you were going to be doing? Very interestingly enough, I wanted to be a investigative reporter. I have a criminal justice minor, actually. Excuse us? I know. I'm a big like crime junkie. It's like insane because I have the most anxiety ever and I'm like so stressed at all times about think bad things happening, whatever. But I will sit and like eat popcorn while watching murder mysteries like it's my job. But I originally wanted to be a part of, yeah, the news industry kind of. So I did two separate internships with two different CBS affiliates, one in Colorado Springs, one in DFW in college. And I think that's the value. If I could give like any young people advice on internships, start them early because I thought that this was my path my whole life. And it wasn't until my second internship that I was like, this shit is depressing. Like this is what I would have to do every day of my life is talk about, I mean, if you turn on the news, you're just going to sit there and feel awful about your life and your day. It's, it's horrible. And so I did those internships and realized I cannot do this for a living. And so I had already been at TCU, you know, filming the news broadcast every single week. They had a news show and I was hosting on there. And TCU actually approached me and said, hey, we'd love to have you as our sports host for your senior year. And I was like, well, I'm a showgirl, so I'm dancing on the sidelines of all of these games. How am I supposed to also report? And they said, well, everything will be pre-recorded. We just think, you know, you've got a great 
you know, on camera presence. We think it'd be awesome. And so I, again, don't say no very often. So I said, you know what? Why not? My plate was super full because showgirls, we dance football, basketball, and baseball. We dance on the top of the dugouts at baseball games. So it's all year round. We really don't ever slow down. And so I was like, how am I going to do this? I was very busy. But I immediately, once I got that opportunity, was like, sports is my thing. It has to be my thing. It was just so fulfilling. It never felt like work. Even when I was like forgetting to eat because I was so busy in my day, it never felt like work. So I was like, this is what I need to be doing. So yeah, I went from crime junkie, news reporter, criminal justice person to you know what? Sports is a little less depressing. So we're going to, we're going to stick with that. But yes, it was a weird switch. Um, but ultimately I, I, the sports thing I couldn't resist. It's so fun. It's great. And you know what? Almost kind of like a similar thing too, is like, sometimes you don't even realize when it's like right under your nose like that. I mean, even like for me for wrestling, it's like, I played a ton of sports growing up. I worked for a sports network. Um, and then I, and once like wrestling came into the mix, but I had like studied acting and I was doing like all of those like entertainery kind of things. So then to like mash those two things together, I'm like, of course I love this. Of course I do. Like I know both of these worlds and can throw them together and totally love it. Well, it's so funny too, because that's, I agree with that in the sense that like when I was dancing on the sidelines of every game, some people would be like, why do you know so much about sports? It's like, I'm sitting here watching every single game. Like it's little things like you're not supposed to cheer when we're on offense. You learn these things as a dancer because, you know, you don't want to be the ditzy. Oh, they're just a bunch of cute girls that know nothing about what's going on. You know, we got to read the room anyway. Totally. Like my coach was all about reading the room. You've got to know when it's appropriate to cheer and shake your palms and when it's not like don't be doing hair flips when someone's injured on the field, you know, read the room. You learn these little things and then eventually I'm like, I'm understanding this whole, you know, I've always been a sports watcher, uh, but I think honestly spending all that time, I did it in high school and I did it in college on the sidelines. We've got the best view in the house and you're watching, you're forced to stay from start to finish and watch that game. So I learned a lot, surprisingly, being a dancer and cheerleader for these teams that I think ultimately helped me with how I watch sports today, you know, so that's cool. Was dancing always a thing for you? Yes, since I was four years old. I've been a competitive dancer my whole life. Um, And then I danced in high school on the Palms team there. So I was like a studio dancer. So I did jazz, ballet, tap, lyrical, all those things. If you watch So You Think You Can Dance, those were all the styles that I did. Suck it, Jenna Dewan. I'm just kidding. I love her. You've got nothing on me. All right. No, (laughs) she's actually phenomenal. And she's amazing. Yeah, incredible people looking humans ever. She's stunning. Um, But yeah, so I did the dance team at my high school. And I actually didn't go to TCU to be a dancer. I think a lot of people do, you know, they like chase after the dance team. That was not it for me. Uh, They had a great communications school. So I was like, I'm gonna go check it out. The campus was beautiful. And then I tried out and I was like, you know, maybe I'll do dancing for four more years. It wasn't competitive. It was just game day. Uh, So it was a perfect fit for me at the time. And I did it for four more years. But after that, I was done. I was like, I have been doing this for so long. My body is tired. I'm mentally tired. So there was nothing really post-college dance-wise that I wanted to do. Um, I was really ready to just dive into the working world, like, you know, jumping into that sports job. Did that like fuck you up at all to like not be dancing anymore as much as your body and your mind did need that break? I'm sure it's almost like that ghost limb experience 
of not doing that anymore that you kind of go through like a bit of like an emotional personal breakup. Absolutely. And I think what made it 10 times harder is that I cheered at my final, what I didn't know was my final basketball game at TCU as a showgirl. We had just beaten Baylor. It was an insane win. And then we all went on our spring break trips and got an email that we couldn't come back. So my dancing career really did abruptly end with no closure, it felt like, which I almost wonder, like, was this because of COVID? Yes. So I almost wonder, like, was it for the best? Like, I would have just kept, like, it would have almost been harder to be like, this is my last this. Like, I think almost having it be so abrupt was helpful in a way, but it, it really did hurt. Like, it was, it was something where you're like, dancing has been my identity for 18 plus years. Like, this is all I've ever known. And then it was just over like that. Again, I'm a psycho and I don't know what free time is or spare time. So I do also coach right now a little bit. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> when I have an extra hour or two in the evenings, I get all my filming done and their practice starts around four. So I have to make sure I get all my stuff done. And then four, I go and I help coach my my old high school's dance team. So that's been really fun. Um, they're a bunch of rock stars. So I still kind of have that... I can lean on that when I'm missing dance, if that makes sense. It keeps me connected to the world without having to like get in the splits and like hurt myself, if that makes sense. So I played ringette growing up, which is like hockey, but I played it, you know, up until like my 20s, but kind of similar to you. I was just so eager to work. I was like, okay, cool. I've done this thing, but now I'm on to this other thing. I want to work. I want to hustle. I want to, you know, get in front of the camera as much as I can. I want to audition, take classes, blah, 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 blah. And then my career, I just started working and I kept working and oh my God, thank God. And it's been amazing. But I, it's in like in the last like couple years, there's been like a part of me and now at 37 going, huh, I kind of miss that I used to do those things. Just not even that long ago, I was like, I'm just going to go play some pickup hockey because we're in Cincinnati now. They didn't really have too much of that in Las Vegas when we lived out there. But now in Cincinnati, I'm like, okay, there's maybe like a little bit of it. So I went to go do it. I played like this pickup game. My husband's like, okay, good luck. (laughs) Be careful. (laughs) I had a blast. Like I really did have a fun time. But it was like the two days. It's always the second day. It's the day after the day that like you're in so much pain. So I'm like hobbling around. My hip flexors are tight. My whole body feels beat up. And my husband goes, you're a 37-year-old mother. (laughs) He's like, don't do that again. Don't do that again. No, it's so, so I went to the TCU game this past weekend and I got a media pass. So I was able to be down on the field and I was making TikToks and filming fun content and I wore my showgirl boots. And it's so funny because I, all I did was stand for the whole football game. Now, mind you, standing does hurt and these boots are not super comfortable, but I used to dance in these things for four straight quarters of football. So I'm sitting there going like I'm aching. My back is starting to hurt. My hips are sore. My knees are sore. Just standing in these boots. And I look over and the girls that are on the team right now are like fully doing routines in them. And I'm like, how on earth did I manage to do that? But I don't even think it's like I'm still very young. I work out. I'm still active. But when you don't when you're not actively practicing your sport, like I I used to do it every day for hours. And so when I stopped doing that, my body's like this is foreign to you now. Like you're, you're, you're not in the same dance shape that you used to be in. So yeah, it was very interesting. Just standing in the boots, I was like about to die and they were over there just absolutely crushing it, dancing in them. So yeah. 
can be rough out there. You think you still got it. Then all of a sudden you throw on the boots. I lace up my skates and whew, I was sucking down air big time. I was like, oh, can I make, <laughs> am I having a panic attack? What's it's happening? very different. It is. It is. And I also, I also like, I would like to think I'm in, you know, I work out and I stay in, but it's just different. Like that is a different type of in shape. It really is. And yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to hang with, with what I used to be able to do. <laughs> it would just take you a sec. You got like the, what we call like ring rust. You got like dance rust. You just got to like shake it off a little bit and you'd be fine. Yeah, I, I'm sure I'd be okay. I mean, I still film a TikTok or two every once in a while. So I've still got a little bit of little bit of swag. Yeah. No, we've seen it. Listen, we've seen it. We know. We know what you've got. Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up now with the promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. And with live betting, you'll get updated odds on games that have already started. And the app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you get paid your winnings real super duper fast. So sign up today. Use the promo code Renee, R-E-N-E-E, for your no sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Disclaimer, 21 in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369 for New York. The TN Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 for Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Okay, so you get out of college, and then it seems so quickly you get picked up by the volume with Colin Cowherd. What? Uh, That's pretty crazy. Did that rock your world or what? Yes, I was like 23 years old, and I'm, again, like, this this guy keeps contacting me about representing me and being my agent. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Like, I'm literally, I just graduated college. I live with my parents. I have no intention of like, like I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now. But like, I had never thought that the next steps would happen so quickly. And they just did. Like, everything kind of just fell into my lap at a very, very quick time, which is, again, so incredible because um, I am like, a mover and a shaker. I'm trying to be on the next thing and do the next opportunity. That's just how I am. And so it worked out great that way. And I will never like, I don't ever want to downplay how hard I worked to get there, but I do think so many things aligned very well for me to make it happen. And so I'm very thankful for that. But yeah, I eventually said yes to this guy who wanted to represent me. And I was like, sure, I guess. I mean, I don't really know if I need you, but let's do it. And, um, yeah, before I knew it, he's like, hey, so I'm, do you know who Colin Coward is? I'm like, yeah, duh. Uh, he's like, well, he's got a, you know, this network and it's called The Volume and it's 
relatively new, but they've been watching your stuff and they love it. And so I was kind of in conversation going back and forth with them, trying to figure out if it was a good fit and did I want to do it. And then all of a sudden I'm driving my white Jetta down the road and my phone rings and it's a number I don't have saved in my phone and I answer it and it's none other than Colin Coward. And you just know that voice. You don't have to have call <laughs> yeah, ID. Totally. You know exactly who that is. And what really sold me about working with the volume was that he said, I am looking to hire people that are good enough to someday work for the ESPNs of the world, but don't want to be controlled by the ESPNs of the world, right? Like he was like, you have a lot of talent and I see a lot in you. He saw something in me I didn't even see in myself. Like I said, I was filming most of my videos. I was filming in my bathroom because the lighting looked good and it made my skin glow. And I'm like, (laughs) so here I am trying to start developing this like professionalism from my parents' basement. And we made it work. Don't worry. We hustled it. And one thing that stuck with me was that comment about, I want to hire people that are good enough to work on the the most respected level, but want to have the freedom to just be who they are essentially. And he said, we've watched your stuff for the past few months. We love what we've seen. And we don't want you to change at all. He's like, I do not want you to, if you want to film a TikTok dance, film a TikTok dance. He's like, so I just, I loved the way he embraced every layer of live moods. Like he had obviously watched my stuff. And another thing that very, very much stood out to me was when I had a meeting with, Colin wasn't on this meeting, but when I had a meeting with some of the members of the volume team, they had specifically brought up something that I had said in a show that I had filmed weeks ago. And it, made me feel really good that they were actually watching and paying attention and cared enough about bringing me into this group that they were like, you know, listening to what I had to say. It wasn't just a, oh, we saw your tweet and we hit like, like they were watching my shows. And so that to me felt important. And I'm a huge, like the people that I work with and the energy of the people I work with really matter to me. Cause I think that's how you're going to get the best out of me is if I feel comfortable with you guys. And I feel like I'm accepted and you trust me and I trust you. I just think that we're all going to get the best out of each other. And so it was immediately a yes for me. I mean, I met these people and you know, Logan and I I met all these people and I was just like, you guys are great. Like this, this just to me feels like a really great next step. And so, yeah, he was, he was very, Colin was just very much like, keep being you. That's it. We're just slapping the volume attached with your name, but you're not changing a thing. Like, obviously we want you to do shows and things like that, but don't change who you are and what you're about. And so that was massive for me. And that was kind of the moment I knew this is, this is the next step in my journey. And, and here we are now I'm hanging out with Renee. So I'm, I'm living my best life. Here we are. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's so cool to think about that though, because You know, I think so often people's careers kind of go a bit of a different route where it's like, okay, how do I get to the ESPNs? How do I get to the Foxes? How do I land in those roles? And those are great. And they're definitely places to like strive to be for sure. But when you work for such large companies like that, um, and I've been in a situation like that before as well, where like being you, then all of a sudden you're like, wait, am I not allowed to be me anymore? I'm like your box, you feel start getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And you're like, wait wait, what? Am I not good at this thing? Or like my personality is now kind of shriveling away because I'm being told I can't do X, Y, and Z and being slapped on the wrist for things. So I think for you to be so mindful of that early on in your career, and of course the volume's so great and, and Colin's so great in that because 
like you said, it's like Colin understands talent. He understands where you come from. He understands what you want to do as well, as opposed to just being like, you know, the boss kind of overseeing everything, but he never tries to micromanage or change who you are or change opinions on things. And yeah, I think that you're at such an interesting point in your career where you probably could have gone one of two ways and for you to really stay true to yourself and not have to kind of succumb to the man, as they say, is uh, it's really nice. I mean, lift moods is a lot. Let me tell you something. I got a lot of different things going on. I got a big personality. I just, it, so for me, that was something I valued a lot is that of course, like at some point in my life, I want to work for a TV network or be sideline reporting on national television. I know that with that comes a little bit more structure that I haven't had yet. And so of course, I know that those things are down the line for me. But for right now, I feel like I'm able to grow and learn and mess up if I need to mess up. Oh my God, the, to be able to mess up is crucial. It's so important because you learn like your own voice. You learn who you are because a lot of times if you don't know that, all of a sudden now you're playing reporter on television. You're playing a person talking about sports. You need to know what your own voice, your own tone is. I mean, that's something I say to people all the time is like experience is experience. And the more you can just let it fly and do have some of those mistakes, that's the only way to truly learn. Well, and I think too, especially if I want to get more specific about betting, I learn the most when I lose. If I were just winning sure. all the time, I'm not I'm not learning anything about how I need to handicap something differently or the different numbers I need to look at for each team. Like I don't learn that kind of stuff until I'm losing or I'm down really bad and I'm like, "Okay, we got to figure out what is going on here and make some adjustments." It is really important and I even know some of some of the people that I know that are on that highest level talking sports betting, the pressure on them is insane to always be right and to always be accurate. It's like, it's gambling. You're never going to be always right or always accurate. So it's a lot of pressure naturally just to be a part of the industry, but then to be on the highest level and feel like you can never mess up. I'm not ready for that. And I, I am, I am, old, I am an old soul, but I'm not ready for that. I don't know that anyone's ready for that. You think you're ready for it. And then you're like, oh, this is not fun anymore. This stopped being fun for a second. Um, how do you sort of weather that storm? Cause so much of your job is being online and you're post, whether it's on, you know, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, what, whatever it is, while adding sports betting into that mix, being a woman, how do you stay focused? How do you kind of cancel out the noise, all that bullshit? There is a wise woman in the industry named Joy Taylor who has been my saving grace in so many different ways. Um, she, When I first joined, it was so funny because she was just always, first of all, she's one of the most supportive women in the space, and I truly believe that. So when I first joined, obviously, she was working with Colin uh, on the herd. And so she kind of just took me under her wing a little bit, gave me some advice here and there. And one thing she said to me was, I love that you interact with everybody online. And it just shows that you're so friendly and you're so outgoing. She goes, at some point, you're going to have to stop. And I was like, what? No, like, I, I, I love everybody. And she goes, no, truly, at some point, you need to stop reading any of it. Like, you will not be able to just like, just 
Don't even pay attention to the replies, the comments, the DMs, none of it. And that is probably the best advice I could have ever like actually digested and listened to because if I don't read it, I don't know what you're saying. I have no idea that you hate me. I have no idea that you think I need a different job or that, you know, I'm awful at sports betting. I have no clue because I didn't see it. I don't even pay attention to it anymore. But I do think that there is a level of added pressure being a woman in this space. And I really honestly hate pulling the woman card because my inner self is a dude. I really am. I'm not emotional. I don't really care. Like I just, I don't let things bug me very much. So I, I'm a, I'm a guy's girl, if you will. I have plenty of girlfriends, but I've just always kind of hung with the dudes and that's just kind of been my, my energy. And so I don't like pulling the woman card, but I will say that I will see men in this space that are like, oh my God, I cannot tell you what it is, but something deep in my gut is telling me the Broncos are winning the Super Bowl. And that's enough for them. They can say that and people are like, oh yeah, yeah, let's do it. Like I'm blindly fading you. Let's go Broncos. If I come to the table with every trend, stat, number, statistic, anything you could think of, sometimes it's still not enough. It's just the, it's just the fact that I am a woman trying to discuss sports that sends people over the moon. They cannot stand it. It doesn't matter what I say or how I say it. It doesn't matter. Even when I'm hitting bets, they still have something to say. Oh, you got lucky. Oh, luck was on your side today. So I think that being a woman in sports is hard regardless. I think being a woman in gambling, now you're messing with people's money. And it just <laughs> it ignites like a, whole a whole other layer. It is. It's a different monster. And people get so emotional while they're betting and they're losing money and they want to point their finger at you. And I'm sure like, you know, run, run you up and down a list calling you a million different names like, oh, my God. And it's hard because, again, I get it. Nobody likes to lose money. And that's where my job gets a little tricky, because while I'm trying to remain as credible as I possibly can, because I know that someday five years from now, I want to be doing something where I'm going to have to be credible. You know, if I want to work for a TV network or be on people's television screens, I have to have the credibility aspect there. So while I'm really trying to value that right now, I think sometimes I put too much pressure on my credibility. So then people view me as like a professional handicapper. I am not. I am not. I am I am a person that loves betting, that works in a space that's creating content. And so That's where the line gets a little blurred because if I focus too much on funny, creative content, now I'm a degenerate and now I don't know anything about betting and I'm just like being, you know, reckless with my money. Whereas if I focus too much on the credibility piece, now I'm a professional handicapper and my word is the end all be all. So when I lose people money, I'm like the worst person in the world. So it can be difficult to kind of find that middle ground of I want to have fun, I want to create content, but I also want to prove to people that I know what I'm talking about and I take this seriously. I'm not just like, oh my God, I woke up this morning and I saw a Raiders bumper sticker, hammer the Raiders tonight. Like, I take this very seriously. I spend time making sure that I like the bets before I share them with the world. So it's hard. It's a hard middle ground because I don't want to be too serious, but I also don't want to be too fun. God, what a what a bizarre balance to try to strike and to like be cognizant of while you are putting content out there constantly, because it's not like you're like a once a week or putting stuff out there like you are so active and so social and like pumping content out, which I guess could be like 
a better version of that. So you can sprinkle a little bit of everything in there. Here's some fun stuff. Here's some serious stuff. How much time do you spend thinking about the ways that you're going to do some of this content? A lot, mostly because we've got this crazy little app called TikTok now where everyone jumps on trends, right? Which makes my life a little bit easier in the sense that you find a trend that's trending and you relate it to betting and then you push it out there and it, and people are eating it up. But at the same time, I don't want to follow the trends. I want to be different. I want to be five steps ahead of everybody. That's who I am. And so again, it's that fine line of do we want to do what everyone else is doing or do we want to have a little bit of a different vibe here because that's what makes me stand out amongst the rest of the creators in the space. So it's hard. Um, and I think a lot of people only see, and you know this, being in the world of podcasting and and creating content that people only see the final product and they're like, your job just seems so fun. I'm like, it is, absolutely. But in order to get that 30-second video it took a lot of time. You know, I, I work with, um, you know, our girl, Brittany, she's the best in the business and we'll, and we'll go through a million different things of, Hey, this hashtag is trending right now. Hey, this is a hashtag that, that's going to push your, your content into this world of sports. And it, there's a method to the madness. You don't just blow up overnight or get a following online by just posting random videos. There is a method to the madness. And so that in conjunction with figuring out what trends you want to do and how to relate them to betting and also handicapping bets. You know, a lot of times I'll make a TikTok that's like, these are my plays for the weekend. I didn't just randomly select those. I had to spend hours figuring out which bets I liked and then I turned it into a creative video. So there is a process, absolutely, and it is a long one. But I think also once you find your personal rhythm and you know what works for you, Brittany and I have a structure every week. We know exactly what it's going to look like and how we get there. And it's a lot of work on both of our ends, but we, we know exactly what we're going to do each week. I would say I spend more time than I probably should on the creative side of figuring out what the video is going to look like just because everybody is a content creator now. I mean, my God, you go on TikTok. I, I literally said this to someone the other day. I said, being a dancer used to be a flex. Like I used to be able to walk into a room and be like, I am a dancer. I've danced my whole life. And people were like, that is so sick. Now everybody's a damn dancer with this damn TikTok crap. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't even cool anymore. It's not even a flex anymore. Oh, so my God. when everybody is a creator, you have to work 10 times harder to be at the top of the creator list. And it's very hard. I mean, there's new faces popping into the industry every day. And so it, it is hard. It's a, I spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to be five steps ahead of everybody. but. The trends are changing every minute, it feels like. And so it's it's tough. Social media, I, I'll, I'll give a shout out to people that do it full time. It's a lot. Um, and I mean, I guess I do it full time. But I'm talking people that like are doing the brand deals every second. And so, I mean, it's a lot of work. So shout out to all content creators out there. I have respect for you because it, it drives me up a wall every once in a while. <laughs> Even just us talking about it right now, I'm like, holy shit. Like, it makes your head spin. There's so much. And and you're right. For what ends up being a 30-second video, a 15-second video, it's like prior to that, the legwork that went into making sure that this thing looks good and that the timing is right and things are synced up the way they're supposed to be, is the lighting right and blah, 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 blah. That's like, holy good God. Okay. You bust your ass, obviously. I mean, you are working your ass off. 
How do you chill out? What do you do to like unplug from these things? You must have to. Do you take like little like mental health breaks? Brittany can attest to this in the back. I'm sure she's laughing and giggling. I really struggle with that a lot, actually. And it's not until I have like, it's not until the pot is boiling over that I'm like, oh, maybe I should take a breath. And and it's really hard for me because I... I don't really feel it coming. Like I'm such I'm such a grinder and I'm always in the zone that it's not until that one or two days a month where I'm all of a sudden like the world is ending. I'm going to pass out. I'm going to throw up. I feel like I seriously need to just like hide away for the rest of my life. I'm crying over nothing like that happens one to two times a month. But until that explosion, I don't know how to simmer down. I don't know how to relax. I don't know how to take a second. I have been better this season than I was last NFL season. I have given myself a day during the week where I'm like barely answering my phone. I'm not really on social media. I'll go get my nails done. I'll go. But it is so hard for me because sports, as you know, there's always something going on. Always. And I'm the type of person that feels like if I'm not talking about it, I'm behind. Like, oh my God, everyone on my timeline is discussing the NBA games today, but it's my day off. I feel like I just need to like come up with a few bets. And I do. I, I, because I, I cannot be behind or delayed. It's really, really tough for me. I get it from my dad. He is an absolute workaholic and I am as well. Um, but when your work fulfills you, it's really hard to put it down. It is truly, again, like I said, dance my whole life was my identity. Now it's my work. Now it's sports betting and content creation. So, I need to be better about it because I am still very young and I don't want to burn myself out too early because that absolutely can happen and I don't want that to happen. I used to think that was bullshit or a thing that like, I was like, that would never affect me. I go, go, go. I'm going to do this show, this show, this show. I'm going to book for this. I'm going to audition for this. I've got a flight to catch. I've got to go do all these different things. And then once... That did said, and I remember one of my girlfriends saying that to me like early on in my career when I was like, I mean, I've always been, I always feel like I've been like pretty busy, but this was early on in my career. And she was like, God, aren't you like burnt out? And I remember being like that just hitting me. And I was like, no, that's not a thing for me. I don't feel that that's not going to happen to me. And then once it did, I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah, I thought it was like a mindset of the week, honestly. And I don't even mean that like in a disrespectful way to people that feel burnout. Because first of all, let me also just say, I don't have a child. I don't have like there are so many other layers to life that make people burn out. Like I don't have that. And so for me, I'm not worried about burnout because this is all I'm focused on right now. Whereas other people are doing this. Plus we know Brittany just had a newborn baby and jumped back into work. Like it was nothing. I mean, it was like, Oh, out comes baby. Here comes work. Like I, I, I could not, I could not do that. I need my sleep, but you would, but, I would do but it. you yes. would, because you think, because I did the same thing. And I tried to give Brittany the heads up on that too, because even when I was like, I'll just take six weeks and have the baby six weeks. Oh my God, that's going to be like a six week vacation. What a treat. <laughs> holy shit, was I wrong that I was like, what am I doing? What's happening? My baby's crying. I'm trying to sit down to like, ha. To me, we're more in control of our stress than we think we are. And I have learned that immensely. And this is not for every situation, but a lot of the situations I have dealt with, I know I'm working myself up more than I need to. Like if I just take a second and go, okay, You've got your flight. Once you get to your flight, you can take a second in the hotel to chill before you head to that event in Atlanta to do the sideline reporting. Like, I think we get so wrapped up in 
the chaos that we forget that a lot of it we can control. Like we can give ourselves a second. Now, some days, no. I mean, some days it's just like everything, when it rains, it pours. And we know this. And that is just, that's just how life works. But yeah, I, I think right now, because of the limited things that I have to focus my attention on, work is really it for me. The burnout thing doesn't bother me. It doesn't affect me. I have people all the time saying the same thing. Are you going to get burnt out? Aren't you worried? And I'm like, I'm a moody for God's sake. We don't get burnt out. What are you talking about? My dad is pushing 50 and he's not burnt out yet. Like I'm good. It's funny. I was thinking that the other day because I, I, I mean, I feel like I have like a million jobs right now between doing like this podcast, working for AEW, doing my interview segment with the Bengals. Like I'm doing a million things while being a mom. While staying on top of like, holy shit, the laundry needs to get done. Wait, maybe I should mop the floors. Did I, should I cook a real proper meal tonight? Doing so many different things. It's like, can you just like chill out? When I have a second where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to like go to bed and I'm going to read. And then I start reading. And as I'm reading the pages, my brain's actually thinking about the shit that I need to do the next day. I'm like, stop oh, doing that. I don't know. That. That's exactly it. I'll give myself two seconds to like lie down, watch a good show. And then all of a sudden the brain is fired up at midnight just thinking about the checklist, the laundry list. And I'm like, oh, my God, please just let me like have three (laughs) minutes of peace and quiet for God's sake. But you know what? I think what's interesting, too, is that and Brittany and I were talking about this as well. Everyone's got their shit. Everyone's busy with their own thing. And I think even sometimes for me, it's like all I have to work on is the work that I'm doing right now. But I also can't forget that. I have depression and anxiety that linger in the corner and some PTSD that I haven't quite handled and different things in my life. So like, while it may not be something physical sitting right in front of me, it's still something that I'm occupied with. It's still something that's hanging over me that I've got to address. So everyone's got their stuff. I mean, again, babies, I don't have those yet. God bless. And if I did, I would probably lose my mind. But, you know, we all have our own versions of work and busyness and whatever. And so, yeah, it's interesting. But I, right now, again, I think I'm in that selfish age of, I don't have to answer to anyone right now. It's just live moods in her grind. And it's great. And at some point I will have a child and you and Brittany will be the first people that I call to ask for advice on how to juggle the child and my life. But for now, for now, we're good with, with the work. That's enough for me. You know, I think like, you know, we just went on like this, like, you know, 10 minute rant of being busy and juggling a million things. And yes, that is everybody. But I think that's just that's just how the world operates now. Like no one's just like, well, I don't know. I just kind of do this one thing. It's like, no, everyone's doing a million things all the time. We don't like to be still like in this world. We it's kind of scary a little bit, right? It kind of freaks me out. Like it's we don't know how to be. Like one thing isn't enough, it feels like. We always have to be juggling like seven million different things, which I don't know, maybe we'll all just burn out at the same time together. I, <laughs> we all we all just walk into the woods and set up a campsite and that's that. We're off grid, baby. We all just collapse <laughs> over and everything just gets quiet. It's like when the, when yes. the tumbleweeds start going, maybe that's what's going to happen. Oh my gosh, I know. I actually always remind myself now I try to, If we like sit down to watch a movie or a show, I'm like, just don't even look at your phone. Keep it on for the baby monitor. But aside from that, you don't need to look something up. You don't need to like fucking Google what the actor's fucking maiden name is. Like who gives a shit? Put your phone. How many kids they have? (laughs) Always. My favorite feature on my phone is do not disturb. Now here's the problem with that. 
every time somebody tries to call me, they're like, Olivia, please, for the love of God, turn do not disturb off. Everyone's trying to get like my mom's like it goes straight to voicemail when I actually need to speak with you. The amount of calls I've missed from Brittany and other people at work because I and it's not intentional. I'm not ignoring. I still have the iPad up. So I'm seeing when people text me and whatnot. But I if if that Instagram and Twitter is going off every five seconds, I will lose my mind. I will absolutely lose my mind. So that do not disturb thing is very lovely. I should probably not have it on during work hours and maybe just pop it on like 5 p.m. on. Mine is set up on my phone. It starts at uh, 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. that I am in uh, do not disturb mode. And I also have it so... When I go into Do Not Disturb, only my husband's calls will come through as regular and then the baby monitor stays on. Everything else is, yeah, everything else can just pause. Not necessary. Okay, so my volume producers can contact me and maybe my mom on a good day. Depends on how I'm feeling. There we go. But the problem is too, sometimes I'll have it off and I'll be in the middle of filming a video. I've got one more line to say and then phone's ringing and now the the microphone cuts and I've got to start over. So that's why I'm like, "Mm -mm." I'm just putting do not disturb on. And most people know now that when they call me, if it goes straight to voicemail, they'll shoot me a text. It's like, hey, give me a call when you can because they know the do not disturb. Just it's a forever thing. Well, you train people. You train people to know because I noticed that on your phone that it's always on do not disturb. And I was like, respect. Good. You don't need this text from me right now. You'll get it when you get it. But like, it's fine. I'm not offended by it. It's for my mentals. Like, honestly, if I, because we, what do we do in this world? When our phone goes off, it's an immediate look down. It's immediate, oh, who needs me? Oh, okay. And I, if I let myself get into that, like, world of constantly looking at notifications, I'll, and maybe that's what I need to do is just turn off my social media notifications. That might be the answer rather than just telling the whole world to leave me alone. (laughs) Whoopsies. Hey, striking a balance. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not ignoring you. I just don't <laughs> want to be talked to in the moment. That's all. Um, but no, it, it is important to like be able, especially in the world that we live in and work in. And this is a very important part of our daily jobs and lives. And so I think being able to remove yourself from that whenever you can or have the time has been very helpful for me because it's so easy. Like, and the damn phone now does the whole, you're up 70% on your screen time. I'm like, shut up. Nobody asked you. It's like the Apple Watch telling you to stand up. Like, be quiet. I'm filming. Shut your pie hole. I don't want to. Oh, my that. God. Piss <laughs> off. <laughs> Over it. Drives me nuts. Um, okay. So we're in the football season. You are, uh, you know, eyeballs deep in NFL. But you know plenty more of other sports. Your NBA as well. Big M. Okay. Great. When do we start getting, when do we get, I mean, I know you cover basketball and stuff, but we we need some more basketball content. Let's get that popping. Big basketball girl. I'm trickling in there, especially on the days when we don't have football games now, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, obviously Saturday's big college football day. So I don't really like to touch that. Um, But Tuesday, Wednesday, Fridays, I think I'm going to start trickling in some more NBA stuff because we won't have any um, NFL games then. So Slowly but surely, we're trying to – it's just so hard to, like, split your brain. I feel like I'm so in football mode right now that the crossover of NBA and NFL now is kind of like, oh, God. Because – and I say this all the time. It's not like 
I'm the team reporter for the Broncos and only have to know their roster. I have to know every roster. I have to know every trade. And, you know, and the NBA is very different because it feels like every season they've got a whole new team. It's not, you know, hey, we just got rid of a couple guys, whatever. It's like they are switching everything up. So it's a lot. Um, and I'm slowly starting to kind of get myself back into basketball mode. But kind of feels like football's like in their groove. And I'm like, First of all, NBA, I love you. You're my favorite sport ever, but it's not about you right now. It's NFL season, okay? It's Joe Burrow season. I'm becoming more and more fascinated by this human being. Like, who is this guy? God, don't you just love him? I mean, the game day fits, the swag. The outfit on Sunday was uh, an interesting call. They were like, it was like a wide leg, like Jenko jeans or something, almost. I loved when he when he wore Jamar Chase's jersey in the Superdome where they won the championship I'm like that was you were smart for that that was awesome how is the Bengals stuff going for you are you just absolutely loving it I love it it's one of those things that's funny like I'm so in the world of pro wrestling I know all those guys I know all those girls I have relationships with them so it's funny to be like in another sport with these guys and trying to like develop this rapport with them within like a 20 minute window of like, Hey, we're buddies. And they're like, calm down. Um, but no, it's, it's, Relax. I don't know who you are. <laughs> I know. Right. Or they're like, you have a lot of like Twitter You're followers. Like, no, we're exactly. I mean, we are best friends. You don't even know it. Um, but yeah, I just did, um, I just did some sit downs with uh, Evan McPherson. So great. I mean, this guy, come on. And then Ted Karras. How do you not love that whole team? Uh, they're so great. Ted Karras was like, I sat down with Ted and I was like, oh, I think we would be best friends. If I was, if I like worked for the team and was just like around, I was like, I think we'd be best friends. He's so fun, likes to cook. He like reads a lot, has like a really like broad vocabulary that I was like, look at you just snapping off these words. Yeah. And he like, he gets, he gets degrees between seasons. He like goes back to school. He gets degrees in the last off season. He, he like taught himself to play the piano. Like he's fascinating. Really cool. And this is why those kind of interviews and sit downs, I think, are so important because especially in betting, like we view them as like, hey, hit your hit your player prop, cash me some money, have a good Sunday. Like we forget that these are human beings that like when the jersey comes off, they're just like us, like they're doing they're going to school and they're like learning a new skill and playing the piano like it's awesome. I had a whole conversation with Evan McPherson about the Kardashians. He's very into the season on Hulu. That just makes me love um. that whole program so much more. I love that. I know. No, I, I think it's really cool to see you, like, again, we like what you were talking about with me is that we don't want to be in a box. Like, yes, wrestling has been your life for so long, but that's not all you're good at. That's not all you're capable of. That's not That's not what your box is all about. Like, you got a lot of different things that you can be doing, and you're doing them. So go you. You got to do them. You make those opportunities. You like make the connections. And that's the thing too. It's like along the way throughout your career, you meet certain people, you have different relationships, you, you know, just different moments of meeting other people. And you never really know where like this, where another opportunity is going to come from. Like would I have imagined that I get to do this segment with the Cincinnati Bengals? Never. And like how fun, how cool. And I, I would not have gotten that opportunity if I didn't already have my credibility from like the wrestling space where people at least trust me to like not totally fuck it up. So everything kind of builds onto the next. It's the best. 
I love seeing you thrive. I feel like I am also like every time we're hanging out and you're thriving, I'm like, I'm also thriving because I'm hanging out with Renee. It's feel it's good, but it's good. I think it's also good for me to see, um, you know, because sometimes I feel like I'm shoved into the sports betting box. And again, that's what I do, of course. Like that is my brand. That is who I am. But I also know that there's so many other things but there's that I more. can do. Yeah. And I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, she. I, well, we'd love to have her for this, but it's not sports betting. So like I am a yes girl. I will say yes to it. I will do it and I will do it well. I won't sleep until I do it well. Liv, I think you are the shit. You're an absolute You're the star. Shit. Thank you. We're the shit. We're yes, the shit. We are. we are the par Our ladies. ladies are the shit. You're going to hear first. <laughs> Uh, the future is very bright for you. So Thank I feel um, I feel very honored to sort of be at like the beginning version of your career. And I can't wait to see in like five years, 10 years, like the shit that you are going to accomplish because I'm going to hitch my wagon to you for sure. Well, I'll be I'll be calling you once I once I pop out a few kids, I'll be blowing your phone up just so you know. I'll be needing all the advice in the world. <laughs> I got you. You're the best. A big thank you to Liv for uh, coming to join me today. Have a cool little hangout. Hopefully you guys uh, got a little takeaway from her. You guys can follow her just at Liv Moods. Um, and all of her content is all up there. Because if you're like me and you want to know more about the betting world, or maybe you already know all of the things and you're just kind of looking for someone to hang out with and get a little guidance from, she is your chick. Um, yeah, I love a good little hang like that. I feel like she's one of those people you can like get energy from I feel like I was like super tired popping in to do this interview and by the end of it I was like oh we could go like another hour let's just like shoot the shit and hang out those are my kind of people hope that you guys enjoyed this um yeah make sure to check out all things live moods she is the shit and this has been the sessions am I ever gonna stop singing these intros outros Mm, probably not bye bye